It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? A lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. Another reminder that the Chargers didn't make the playoff last year. NFL Network, another reminder that the Chargers did not make the playoff last year. They lost in Las Vegas. Get me some anti-Charger stuff in here now. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with the C, they choke. I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. Use the phone like a weapon. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. Just win, baby. And now, here's JT the Brick. Wow, listen to this Chargers open. Bobby really put it together. Nice job, Bobby. I was not expecting an individual vitriol Chargers open, but then again, maybe we should do more of that. As we are ready to roll, it's week one in the NFL, and we have the Raiders at the Chargers, and it's a monster. It really is a monster. You know it. I just said it, and we got to get after it. And it's a really important game for a lot of people, man. There's a lot of people listening to this show in L.A., in the Bay Area, Vegas, who are going to the game. Uh, Texas is starting to blow up. People asking me if I'm going. I'm not. I anchor the pregame show from M Resort on Sunday. I will be taking the show on the road to Nashville. Can't wait for that announcement next week. We're on the road to Nashville with the Raiders. I'm on the road later this year for a couple other games, but I'm staying back here in Vegas, and I want to hear from the Raider Nation, anybody who's going to L.A. As I tweeted out earlier in the, uh, before the show started today, usually this is the time where some dumb Charger head coach goes on some type of media and says, don't sell your tickets to the Raider fans. It really happened with Marty Schottenheimer. And Marty Schottenheimer is a hell of a coach. He led a Charger team to 14-2 and and got beat in the first round and got fired, which was probably one of the dumbest coaching firings in sports history, not even the NFL. That would be identical to Green Bay last year, winning their division with 13, getting the bye week, and then losing to the Niners, and Matt LaFleur getting fired. You're going to fire the guy, the guy had the one seed. Well, that's what they did to Marty back in the day. And Marty, the reason why Marty was, Marty Schottenheimer hated the Raiders. Gunther Cunningham, who was with the Raiders, but Marty Schottenheimer hated the Raiders. And say what you want about Marty. That's what's great about sports. He he drank the Kool-Aid with Kansas City. It came up with Raiders Week. Denver copied that. Let me repeat that. Denver copied what Marty Schottenheimer did because... And yeah, Kansas City always hated the Raiders. The Chargers always hated the Raiders. Denver's always hated the Raiders. Rob Lytle, Fumble, all that. But Marty was really the first who went out of his way to say that the Raider fans are a problem. We have Qualcomm Stadium, and all of our fans are intimidated. Some rightfully so. There was, you know, there's some hardcore Raider fans, man. Love them all. But, you know, a couple of Raider fans could make a couple of Charger fans really uncomfortable so here's the nature of why the charger fans sell their tickets it'd be like you having a barbecue and you knew it was going to get 20 inches of snow you wouldn't go it'd be like you having a big event you're going to a wedding but the hotel and your flight's canceled you're not going to go charger fans don't want to deal with raider fans raider fans are a pain in the ass on game day to charger fans They park wherever they want. They open up these massive tailgates with DJs. They're cooking carne asada. They're having modelos. And they're just arrogant, which is great about this fan base. I love it. 
very arrogant. You know, tattoos might be out, big Ford bed pickup truck with speakers hanging off. And the typical Charger fan says, I don't need this. It, it's not important to me. I'll, I'll sell my tickets, let the Raider fans go crazy. I won't even be there. And then I'll come back and go to the other games. That's exactly what it is. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. Raider fans bust the chops of the Chargers so badly that they just stay home. And most of them should stay home. They got beautiful houses on the beach. They rollerblade. They surf. They, they have electric bikes. They do whatever they want. Now, what makes this even more interesting, and I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. You should start dialing because this week is hardcore Raider Nation. It was unbelievable yesterday. I got Vinny Bonsignor, Bill Williamson. We got a big show lined up. We're going to get you through everything. But I'm on a rant here with these Charger fans. So the Chargers left San Diego, and they left all their fans behind because I lived in San Diego for eight years. I lived in L.A. for 10. Been on the radio, so I know about those markets really well. The Charger fans had some pride. Their pride was, we don't like L.A. We're San Diego. We have a better lifestyle than L.A. We don't have the traffic. We don't have the 405. They got traffic now in San Diego, but people in San Diego love their lifestyle better than those in L.A. Because L.A.'s tough, man. It's expensive. It's tough. It's crowded. San Diego's got Del Mar, La Jolla, Coronado, Rancho Santa Fe, the track. It's more low-key. The Padres are more low-key than the Dodgers and all that. So what, what Dean Spanos kind of knew when he ran out of San Diego because his fans hated him was that once he went to L.A., no one was coming from San Diego. And there's a few, but I'm, I'm talking about th- there's less than maybe 1,000. I'm not exaggerating. There might be less than 2,000 San Diego Charger fans that went with L.A. That's not the case with the Oakland Raider fans. There are thousands of Oakland Raider fans, season ticket holders at Allegiant Stadium. That is not the case in L.A. at SoFi, where San Diego season ticket holders rolled their opportunity up into L.A. So I get it. This is a Raider home game. Now, will that affect the game? I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this game. The Chargers are a favorite because the Chargers have a really good roster. One of the best rosters I've seen in Charger history. Uh, They're hungry, payback. The Raiders knocked them out of the playoffs. But the Raiders are very hungry, too. They have a new coaching staff. Uh, The line opened up Chargers minus four, and now it's three to three and a half, depending on where you're shopping. So there is Raider support because Raider fans add up a lot of $20 bets from Raider Nation. Add up. Okay, there might not be a lot of $20,000 bets on the Raiders to win their game, but this is a lot of $10 and $20 bets, and it's stuck here at three and a half. I don't think it'll go to three. But this is about a mindset from Raider fans taking what they want, as Al Davis always talked about a game plan. We take what we want, and Raider fans take Charger tickets, and that is not going to end. So if you're a Charger fan, there's no need to go to this game because you're going to be miserable unless you win big. And there's a chance that could happen. Chargers could come out, play a great game, and win. And, you know, the 30,000 Charger fans out of the – or the 20,000 Charger fans or less will feel pretty pompous and pretty cocky going to the train or going to their car and getting out of there. But they'll have their head on a swivel because Raider fans are chirping, Raider fans are loud, Raider fans are arrogant, and Raider fans are desperate to win this game because it is a home game for them. And there's a lot of L.A. Raider fans 
that that go to this game only and maybe one in a legion. They went to one in LA, one in Oakland. But let me re- let me remind everybody, this is fact. Every LA Raider fan took over San Diego their entire life. Every LA Raider fan and there's millions of them. Most of them are, are Dodger fans and Laker fans, and they're Raider fans. And when they had a chance to caravan down to Jack Murphy, Qualcomm, they did it like it was a scene from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And they took over that parking lot, and Marty Schottenheimer and Norv Turner and everybody there hated it. Hated it. And it was great to see. And I'll put out the video tomorrow when I got the crowd going in the largest Raider Road crowd in the history of sports. We'll, we'll save that tweet for tomorrow. So that's what I want to do today. Hear from Raider fans who are going to L.A. Hear from Raider fans who understand the rivalry with the specific team, the Chargers. And then we'll have a breakdown of the game. Am I concerned? I'm not nervous. I'm never, I don't play. I'm not a player. I'm not a coach. Uh, is, this a, is this an important game? I said yesterday, this is one of the three most important games of the year on the road. On the road. You can't rank road games much higher than this. I think it's Kansas City 1 because they've given the Raiders fits. I think it's the Chargers right there at number 2 or 3. And then you could look around and see some of the other games at New Orleans, at Tennessee. You can rank those games accordingly what you think are the biggest ones. But believe me, Kansas City and the Chargers on the road are a monster. And the Raiders get an opportunity to, to win a game as an underdog if they play really well. Now, fortunately, Justin Herbert... Hasn't played in the preseason, either is Derek Carr. Mr. Interception, J.C. Jackson, reportedly is ruled out of this game. A couple of sources and reports have him out of the game. So let's start with that. The best cornerback in free agency available was J.C. Jackson. Would have been a great fit for the Raiders. The Chargers ended up getting him. He is an inter- interception machine. He's putting up Deion Sanders-type numbers when he was with the Patriots, he's gone and he's there. He will not be able to play most likely in this game. To me, that changes the game plan. You have to attack the hell out of his replacement. You have to attack one-on-one coverage along with Derwin James helping out on that side. It is imperative to have Waller wide and to have Devontae wide, not Waller inside. And I'm sure he's going to line up a tight end and line up in the slot. But Waller and Devontae have to bring both the safeties up top over with them that will open up the middle of the field and crossing routes for the great Hunter Renfro. I think this is a massive Renfro game. I really do. Because I think Devontae is going to be double teamed. Really, they're going to try to put him in a phone booth. They're going to double team Devontae hard. Waller hasn't played. So Waller, I don't know how long it's going to take Darren to get in a rhythm. But again, they have good safeties who can play. But I think Hunter Renfro in motion, I think Hunter Renfro lining up in the slot, I think Hunter Renfro getting some of those speed, quick handoffs around the edge, I think this is a big, big Renfro game. I'm talking 8 to 10 receptions, close to 100 yards and a touchdown because they can't cover everybody here. And I also think that this is a really tough game plan for me to put together with the pregame show because Josh McDaniels must go into this game protecting Derek Carr with tight end chipping and fullback or running back chipping. So that's going to put one to two less players into a route because they're going to be protecting for Derek on obvious passing downs. Do we all agree on that? You can't just have an open backfield 
you know, put you can't have no running back or a tight end or Foster Moreau not in there to chip. You're going up against Bosa and Khalil Mack. These guys are significantly better than the personnel around the league, let alone the Raiders who are trying to put together this offensive line to see if it could work here. And we're going to know about this Raider offensive line by halftime of week one if they can hold the fort for Derek Carr. And then special teams, another thing I have in my notes today, very important. Raiders historically have been better at special teams than the Chargers. The Chargers were sloppy in the preseason. They didn't have great special teams. If there's ever a foot in football where you have to kick the ball, the Chargers usually screw that up. The Raiders have Daniel Carlson and A.J. Cole. I really believe that special teams is going to play the difference in the outcome of this game if the Raiders keep it close. Remember, the Chargers are going to have games where they're going to blow people out. They're just really that good. So if the Raiders can manage the score and keep this game manageable, up three, down three, it could come down to a special teams play where I think the Raiders are going to have an advantage with special teams because of the depth of their running backs and wide receiver room and what they have at linebacker and who's going to be covering punts and kicks. But more importantly, who's going to be punting the ball in Cole and who's going to be kicking the ball with Carlson. So just part of what we're talking about heading into this game. And for you in the Raider Nation, if you're going to the game again, that's my priority. Let's hear from you. If you're not going to the game, uh, give me your key to the game. We're inside that window now where I need the key to the Raider victory from you at 702-365-9200. What is the key do you believe makes the biggest difference in this game? Very important for this game here because something's going to trigger a victory or a loss. And what do you think has to be the priority? Is it the offensive line protection? Is it Carr attacking deep downfield? Is it the running game? What do you see happening with Mad Max Crosby in this game? So there's a lot here to talk about. We begin with Josh McDaniels, who spoke to the media yesterday. Just a couple of sound bites as we open up the monologue. We begin with the mindset of these players who had a very long training camp in preseason, and now we're ready for a big real game. You can sense a different urgency and energy in here. Um, you know, opening day is always uh, an exciting time of the year. It's also, you know, there's always some unknowns. And so, uh, you know, we're hard at work trying to really, um, you know, get to know this team. Uh, there's definitely some new faces that they have uh, that we haven't really seen a whole lot of yet. Um, <clears throat> but we're, you know, trying to piece together the film from other teams and other places to study the opponent as much as we can. Uh, while we're getting familiar with the schemes that the coaches obviously have used in the past. So, um, uh, yeah, it's a, there's always going to be an element of adjusting and those kind of things on the very first game of the year. And um, when our guys obviously have a great excitement and enthusiasm about them today uh, that I sense uh, to just start uh, this preparation for this team. So uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a big challenge. Uh, they're a really good football team and obviously have added a lot of new faces. Um, you know, through free agency in the draft, and um, you know, we know we know how good they were last year, and and obviously, uh, you know, I know they've they're, they've improved their football team, and uh, this is going to be a big a big challenge on the road. It is a big challenge, and the Raiders had a really nice preseason. They did health wise. You know, some guys went a long stretch without playing, but they they handled it well. It was a long preseason. And I think Josh McDaniels wanted to make sure that the players were tapering up and peaking at the right time for this game. Didn't play the starters much. We saw a bunch of different combinations 
in the preseason games all to get ready for the start of the season and keep the team basically healthy, which I think he did a really good job with. And I think the key to Josh McDaniels and his staff will be moving the game plan from week to week and having an advantage against a couple of different coaching staffs. Here's the Raiders head coach. You know, I, I really think that the, the overall depth on our football team, um, you know, has, has, has really kind of taken shape. Um, you never know how that's going to be when you put, you know, when we, like I said, when, when we got here, there was 37 or so players on the team, and then you end up with 90 going to camp. And so, you know, there's, there's a, that's a lot of guys that haven't, you know, lined up in a, in a Raiders uniform that you're trying to kind of bring together and then, you know, teach them how to play with one another and those kind of things. So, you know, initially, you know, how many guys do you really start with that know each other? Not many, you know, but, you know, as they've grown, as they've taken reps with each other, um, they've gotten more communication with one another and they've gotten more comfortable. And so, um, you know, this is always uh, the the week that tests that almost more than any other week because I don't know that anybody's in mid-season shape or form, you know. There's not any player in the league that, you know, or most players have not played an entire game yet, you know. And so, um, you know, you're going to need to use the guys that are active at the game. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. You don't you don't go and play 39 of the 46 or 48. you got to – if they're there, you know, you're probably going to use them because it's the right thing to do early in the season especially. So um, I'd say the depth on our team has really kind of, like I said, it's evolved. It's taken some form for us, and uh, we're not going to be afraid to play it. You know what I mean? Like they're at the game for a reason. They've earned it, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to go out there and get their feet wet, some of them younger than others, as you know. So, All right, let me make this point before I get out to the phones because I've never said this, never said this on Raider Nation Radio, what I'm about to say. You know, I've been tight with the coaches in the past because I work with them and they're good people. They're all great. Know their wives, some of their kids, they're all good people. This is different level coaching now, okay? I'm a big Gruden guy from back in the day. Gruden was a wizard with the offense and preparation and a grinder. Jack Del Rio, former player, defensive player, knows defense, had a pretty good staff going back to Musgrave before he left. There's been some really good coaches under the Mark Davis, Al Davis tree. Really good. Some better than others. Okay, there was some swing and misses on some coaches there. Even Dennis Allen is now a head coach. Really good, respected defensive mind. Hugh Jackson led the Raiders. Tom Cable. All people that I know. This is next level blank. This is a higher level of what happens from game to game. What, what's happening with this organization now is they have a head coach that could rip up the game plan from week two and have a completely different game plan in week three. Other coaching staffs around the league are going to have the same game plan for 17, 18 weeks. We throw it well or we run it well. We do this well, and we're just going to do that. Every week we're going to do that, and let's see if the opponent can beat us. And it worked. Look at Vince Lombardi. Maybe the greatest coach of all time if it's not Belichick. What did he do? He ran the sweep. Why? Because no one could stop the sweep. They weren't throwing it around. Bart Starr made throws when he had to, but they were a running team. Look at John Madden with Ken Stabler. They ran the ball. They didn't throw it as much. Bolitnikoff and Branch were there, and Casper, they made catches when they had to, but the volume of the offense was the running game because they were able to run the ball behind Highway 63 and do it. We've seen that with Josh McDaniels in New England. We, we forget. We just think it was all Brady, all Brady, all the time. It wasn't. Brady had balance. 
Brady confused everybody at the line of scrimmage. Brady spread everybody out so the slot receivers were wide open once they left their route. Once they did a rent row spin move back inside, Amendola, Welker, all of those players, they were wide open because on the outside, the safeties in the corners were, were guarding at least one guy going deep and another guy going the opposite way of the slot receiver. And then they ran it. Draws on third down instead of Brady throwing it. That's what's going to happen here. I believe that these guys are going to put fear into every coaching staff because they're going to look at Josh McDaniels and say, this guy's crazy. I don't know what he's going to do today. Carr might throw it 40 times. He might throw it 11. And that will hopefully help this team if they're losing a game or two or if they need a bounce-back win after a loss. There's going to be something really good put into that game plan that will give them an advantage. You know I'm not a big boy blunder guy, Brandon Staley, the head coach of that team. I'm really not because he, he just took his team out of the playoffs last year, fourth and 18, going for it on fourth down. He's the reason, not Justin Herbert. The head coach was the reason they didn't make the playoffs. And believe me, he's been given a tongue lashing from the owner there and everybody else for acting like an idiot with the way he mismanages a game. I don't expect that to happen again. I think they'll go for it on fourth and two and fourth and three, but not fourth and nine. I think that Staley has been put in the penalty box by the league and his owner to just calm the hell down. So I like the coaching matchup in this game. I like the quarterback matchup. I like the offenses. I think the Raiders have a better offense. It's just the offensive line. Everybody around the league saying we have to wait and see what the Raiders O-line does. So maybe the Raiders O-line steps up in this game and they start playing at a level that is respectable, and then three, four weeks from now, pro football focus starts coming out with grades, and all of a sudden, Andre James and Colton Miller and maybe Lester Cotton Sr. got really good grades. And everybody's like, man, the Raider offensive line wasn't that bad. Raider offensive line is better than we thought, but we're not going to know until after this game. So that's the monologue as it's brought to you by PTs in September. Catch all the football action at PTs with food specials from $4.00. You can enjoy Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, beer buckets, six bottles for only 20 bucks, And they have the Vegas football jersey giveaway at PT's Taverns. And they'll give that away at every tavern this September. Stop by your favorite PT's, PT's Gold Sierra, Gold, all of them, and ask the bar host how you can win a Vegas football jersey. The giveaway is all month. Gangster Raider, we called for it. He starts us off on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Yeah, what's up, JT? Calling straight from L.A. Well, I'm in Phoenix right now, but, you know, I'm in L.A. normally. But I came out here to Phoenix to film, film a video in front of the um, Cardinal Stadium because that's where the Super Bowl going to be this year. And I buried on Raider hat up there for good mojo because I said we're going to be at the Super Bowl, you know, in February. But also, I think you're 100% right because when we hired McDaniels and Ziegler, I was like, we got a professional GM now. And, you know, I was a little skeptical of McDaniels, but I'm 100% bought in now. I think he's he's going to take us to the levels we've never seen. And also in this game, I think we got the advantage against him versus boy blunder. That's a wash. And plus nobody has any video or any take on our offense with these players or our defense 
with these players under Patrick Graham. There's no, any, no tape anywhere, so we had advantage of that because it's pretty much the same team. Just Khalil Mack has been added because KC not playing. You know what I'm saying? K, that's the only really change. I think we got the advantage of that. And also, it's about adjustments because at the halftime, I think they're going to have to make adjustments because then they're they going to um, finally have to see what we're working with. Then they're going to have to adjust. And I think when we make, when we make our adjustments, I trust um, McDaniel's adjustment more than Boyd Blunder's adjustments anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, everybody, when you get to L.A., we're going to have a ball. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking my fiance to her first rate of game, so we'll be at the game. You know what I'm saying? I think we're going right. to win. I say we win 42 to 17. You know what oh, I'm saying? You heard it from Gangster Raider oh, first. You know what I mean? All right. There's something. That if it's anywhere near that, that the Raiders score over 40 and hold the Chargers under 20, I will buy you round-trip airfare. Round-trip airfare uh, to come to Word? Vegas for a game. Yes. Yo, okay? You heard that? Yeah, right, I just put it, right. I said it on the I'm radio. Someone's, that, uh, someone's I'm listening. I, I'm hoping someone heard right. what I said. I will buy you round-trip airfare. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the call. If the Raiders score in the 40s and the Chargers score under 20, I will buy Gangster Raider round-trip airfare, and I will host him for one night at one of my various events that I'll be doing here. So that we'll do that. Now, that is that is bold. All right, also, so here's what we got. Vinny Bonson, your Bill Williamson, two of the best insiders, period. Part of our insider team here. Scott Kaplan from ESPN LA uh, in the enemy territory, and he doesn't like the Chargers. One of my good friends, and Ashley from Sam and Ash. But the calls were great yesterday. We're off to a good start again. It's regular season radio. Everybody had a nice summer. Spent a lot of time in the pool. I golfed a little bit, even playing pickleball. A lot of cool things happening here. But now my life is over. I have a day off here or there to go see my son in college, go see an Oklahoma-Arizona State game, but it's six days a week, talking Raiders football most of the time, and plugging into you, the diehard fans of the Raider Nation. This is the Chargers, okay? I'd rather play Mahomes or Herbert week one. Now, it could backfire, but I'd rather catch them when they haven't played since last year. And the last time I saw... Justin Herbert play. He got outplayed by Derek Carr, even though Herbert played great at the end of that game. Boy, Blunder blew it for him. This is a payback game. Raiders went to the playoffs to get no respect that they're a playoff team, and the Chargers didn't go to the playoffs, and everybody's got them in the AFC Championship game. Speaking of that, my Super Bowl pick is up at JT the Brick. If you haven't heard it, I will give you every playoff team. That's the four division winners, the three wild cards, the AFC champ, the NFC champ, and who will win the Super Bowl at the top of the hour. Put a lot of work into that last night on my preseason uh, re- Super Bowl preview show, and I feel good about my picks here, and we'll see how that plays out. So 702-365-9200, what a glorious time to be alive. Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, fights in town, Triple G, Canelo, Raiders home opener, in a week and a half, concerts every night, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. I mean, the city's on fire. Pool parties are not going to stop because it's 110 degrees, and we're not shutting down our grid like California. Plenty of air conditioning to go around. JT, we begin right now on the flagship of the Silver and Black. I'm jacked up! Raider Nation, unite! We've waited a long offseason since the loss of the Bengals in a game where they had first and goal at the nine and should have beat the Bengals. Now they bounce back and open up in L.A. Sound off like you got a pair and build a wall at SoFi for the Raider Nation.
Uh, I just thought he was the best uh, decision for me at the time. Um, I appreciate Clutch. They did a lot of good things for me. I'm not going to stand up here and act like they didn't do anything. They did a lot of good things for me, but just at this moment in time, I felt like it was good for me to go in a different direction. There's not really a lot of things that I can control, you know. I, I have faith in my representation, and whether it goes one way or, or, or it doesn't, uh, I'll be playing football, so just uh, let it happen how it does. It's Darren Waller, Vinny Bonsignor, on the latest on that contract uh, coming up at the next, uh, I think the top of the hour, we're going to get Vinny in here, Bill Williamson will join us momentarily. Again, it's pretty easy for me. I don't get involved with Darren's money. It's none of my business until he signs. If he doesn't get a deal, it becomes a bigger story. There was a new tight end deal today in Buffalo that sets the market in favor of Darren Waller, but I'm not the GM of the team. I'm not the owner. I don't handle the money. Darren's a really good guy. The Raiders need him to have a big game in Los Angeles. He's got to show up. He hasn't played football in a long time. Waller's got to be electric in this game in L.A. and have a big game. All right, let's keep the phones going. Appreciate everybody jumping in today. Uh, 702-365-9200. Uh, Brad's in Plainview, California on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, JT, Plainview, Long Island, my friend. Ooh, Long Island. It's in California. I, I was born. You know I was, I was born. I was, I was born. At, yes. Hold on. I was born at Plainview Hospital. I'm from Massapequa, <laughs> but I was born Central at General. the. Central I was, General. I was born at Central General Hospital in Plainview, Long Island. Good trivia. I live in Stockton, California now, but I'm originally from Plainview. Uh, I've been out here about 15 years, but uh, okay. I'll throw you one curveball. Your childhood at Adventureland yes. and Zorn's Poultry. I'll I go to Zorn's. Mind. Whenever I go back home with my dad, <laughs> we drive over to Zorn's. The problem is my, my mom and dad sold the house in Massapequa, so they don't live there anymore. They live in Florida. So when I do go back, I have uh-huh. to give extra time with friends and family to get to Zorn's. <laughs> Tell me about this Raider game. How do they beat L.A.? I hope that I'm going to keep it quick. Uh I hope they keep all the mental errors down that I saw so much last year. The false starts and the offsides. And I did like Alex Leatherwood, but he was a habitual offender of those two penalties, which in clutch times hurt them. So keep it small. I would just like to see that kept to a minimum and have patience on the line and yeah. I, I hope they win. I want to see them win. Yep. That's all. Thanks for the know. call. Thanks I, for connecting with welcome. us. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Bill Williamson joins us, covers the Raiders forever. NFL writer for 26 straight seasons, part of our Insiders Network. Very happy to have him back for another year. And, Bill, this is a big one. It's really interesting, as long as you've been covering football, now that the preseason has gone away, that all these stars don't play, and we all expect them to open up the season and have big games, and they haven't played since last year. How do you evaluate their ability to play in week one? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Week one it has always been a wild card anyways. I think every year we look back and say, wow, that team lost on week one to that team. And, you know, you know, the personalities of teams don't really start emerging until late September or so. But with that said... You know, the wrinkle of a lot of stars not playing, I, I think it's the correct thing. Sure, we may see some rustiness um, for a quarter or maybe a half or maybe into the second half. But, you know, the thing is, the Chargers kept their main guys out too. So mm-hmm. I think it's a wash. And, again, I think it's the right thing. It's better to talk about, oh, Carr might be rusty for a couple of series than, oh, man, that sure sucked that Carr got hurt in Jack- against Jacksonville and Ken, right? So, it's uh, it's the right thing to do, and again, we'll 
you know, we'll see these teams' personalities emerge in the coming weeks. But the reality is this is a week one game against a team in its division against a very good team. And, and yeah, it's it's go time. And it's, uh, you know, the AFC West is going to be just a, you know, a gauntlet of, of four really quality teams. And it starts now. Yeah, there's a couple of respected NFL insiders that say J.C. Jackson will not play in this game. He was the prize corner in free agency, especially with the volume of interceptions that he puts up. So I think this has to have, and we'll be talking to other insiders from the Chargers, but depending on who is playing that position and starting and how they use a rotation, don't you think that Derek's got to get that back, that backup cornerback, in a one-on-one against Waller or Devontae or use motion to kind of expose that. you got to really attack that position if you don't have one of the best players in the league there. Yeah, and, that, and that's just the way it is, and that, that goes for any team. I mean, yeah, the Chargers had a good offseason like the Raiders did, and he's one of their prizes, and he's probably one of their top six or seven players. But it's at a premium position, and you have to take advantage of it. The Chargers are pretty good in the secondary anyways, but, you know, this is a guy who is – an outstanding player, so take advantage of it as as any team would, and as any team would. The Raiders are going in this game with a, a key player out, so yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity for the Raiders at a key spot where the Raiders can really take advantage because the Raiders are, are stout in the passing offensive game. So so go take advantage of it. You're going to have Bosa and Matt coming at you anyway. You got Derwin Jones out there, Derwin James out there. So mm-hmm. you, you, I would certainly attack words. Uh, Jackson was, was supposed to be, and I'm sure they will. Bill Williamson, go to silverandblackpride.com. Give him a follow at B. Williamson NFL. So, Bill, you've covered better offensive lines many years with the Raiders than this one, and they're just going to have to prove themselves. I'm not saying that they're average, below average. Hopefully they're above average, but they're going to have to play themselves into that reputation. Their reputation says that, you know, it's a bunch of guys, journeymen or players that other teams didn't want or they didn't go out and even get a big name in free agency. So this offensive line, with everything you wrote about and covered this entire long training camp and preseason, what are you optimistic about going into this game against the Chargers? Well, yeah, it, it has been the story of the offseason, the training camp, the preseason. And to be honest with you, I mean, from the start of the training camp till now, I don't know if Raider fans can feel better about it. I mean, it's certainly, you know, when Leatherwood, a lot of people in the last couple of days before he was uh, cut was like, oh, well, you know, we saw it coming. No, he saw it coming for about two or three days, you know, a week at the most. I think, I think anybody would be disingenuous if they said when the Raiders showed up for training camp on was it July 20th that Leatherwood had a chance to be cut. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be like, what? He's either going to be a guard or a tackle. That was right. the question, not whether he's going to make the 53. So I think it's been very, uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's, it's been upheaval. There's question marks. It's a mystery. I, I would think that we're going to see, you know, Lumeria at uh, right tackle, and we're going to see Cotton and Simpson be the guards. And all three of those guys, particularly the right tackle and Cotton, are going to have to prove themselves. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of load on Colton Miller. And, yeah, it's going to be a question mark until they prove otherwise because mm-hmm. this is a very talented offense, very talented passing offense, but you need protection. And you know what? We saw the Bengals go to the Super Bowl last year with not a great offensive line. Great point. And it certainly cost them in the Super Bowl. Um, but they made the Super Bowl. 
And whether they go out and they go, went out and really addressed the offensive line this offseason. So it's not impossible for the Raiders to have great success with a question mark offensive line. But it's certainly its biggest challenge as we sit four days before the regular season. Bill Williamson's our guest. That is a great, great point that you made. And I haven't been making that point as much about what Burrow dealt with. Burrow was on his ass the entire year. He took a pounding because that yep. offensive line was awful, awful for most of the year. And he, kept, he took the heat because he let Jamar Chase run go routes. I'll make this, I'll make this comparison to Derek and Devontae, that Burrow knew he was taking a hit, took the hit, went to the ground, was durable to come up. After having an injury already in his young career, his mindset was ready for what was going to happen. He knew he didn't have a great offensive line. He would have to elevate his level. That's really what Derek has to do. And I think Derek is better than Joe Burrow right now. I mean, Burrow went to the Super Bowl, and people are going to think I'm nuts, but Derek's in his ninth year, and Burrow flashed and flashed in college, and he's probably a bigger name than Derek long-term over his whole career. But Derek's got to do what Burrow did last year. Take a hit. Take the beating. You know it's coming. Take the hit, but let your receivers get deep downfield. Do you see that happening? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think my whole point was it's possible to to, to do well with a shaky offensive line. Um, it's not ideal. It's not always going to be easy. And you know, the, the book on Derek is that sometimes we we've heard this from players, right? It's happened a couple of times. Heard it from Bosa. So, so right, and I think it was a Kansas City clip that there was something. Um, so they're going to come after him. So he's got to prove that, hey, I, I'm going to stand in. I'm going to get this job done. And it's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. And it's certainly not going to be uh, painless. But that's the situation right now until this offensive line can, can prove itself. And maybe it proves itself right away. Oh, we're going to know that because there's no doubt the Charger captains have been announced a few minutes ago. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, Khalil Mack. Sebastian Joseph Day and Joey Bosa. I want to wrap it up, Bill, with this. You know, I I always fight for the Raiders. That's my job. I'm not a journalist. I'm here to run a fast-paced radio show. But the Chargers are coming. This is as good as any roster I've seen. And I've been there for Seau, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Rivers. And at times, Antonio Gates ripped the Chargers up. And I think overall, both sides of the ball, this is better. Or just as good because of Herbert. So where is this rivalry right now after the Raiders knocked the Chargers out of postseason last year, a shot to play, and the Raiders made the playoffs, and the Raiders own L.A.? What's at stake in this game? Yeah, lots at stake because, you know, the Chargers don't want to lose two to the Raiders in a row like that, especially, you know, ending the season and beginning the season. And, you know, Raiders Raiders are just going to have to keep pace here with everybody. So I, I think the rivalry is it's a four-pronged rivalry. I think this is just half of it, you know. Mm-hmm. This AFC West, is, I, I've never been more anticipated to see a division play in, in, in my career, in my, my life as a fan. So that, you know, it starts right now. And it's, uh, you know, you, you just can't afford to stumble too much. And I've talked to some people like, okay, well, what do you – What's a reasonable goal in the AFC West for all four teams? I think they'd all take four and two, yeah. you know, because um, it's just going to be uh, every one of these the matchup. However, you any of the four teams playing each other, it's going to be wild and it's going to be super competitive. And again, it, it's right out the gate for the Raiders. Yeah, I would take three and three if I was anybody other than Kansas City. Kansas City's on the division; they want to go five and one. Or four and two. And Everybody else. It, games too. Yeah, I, I mean, if the Raiders were three and three in the West, 
and didn't have a massive problem or a hiccup that something bad happened uh, the opposite side of that, I think the rest of the schedule, the Raiders, if they could come out of the West at 500, look out for the rest of the league. But, again, it's about navigating this really difficult schedule. Bill, you're a big part of what we're doing every two weeks. Thanks for the time this week. We'll talk to you in a few. Enjoy it. Thank you. Bill Williamson. So we have Bill on Tuesday. We have Paul, uh, excuse me, on Wednesday. So we have him on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, I slot in an insider, and then Bill comes in the following week, and we rotate him every two weeks. So I'm excited about that. Today we have Vinny Bonsignor and Bill Williamson. Bill's been covering the Raiders 26 years. So that's what we're talking about here. Chargers are good. You know, normally I'm just bashing the Chargers, kind of mocking their coach and mocking their fans and this or that. No, I know that the Chargers, one of these years, are going to pop up and be great. And a lot of people think it's this year. A lot of people in the national media believe it's this year, that this is their time. And the Raiders have to be ready for the ultimate test. Vinny Bonsignor coming up at the top of the hour. Ashley from Sam and Ash. She loves the Raiders. She'll have a lot to say. Scott Kaplan. Coming up next, my Super Bowl pick. Yes, I, I put this in before the start of the season, so I'm on the record. I'm going to give you every division winner, the wild card teams, and who wins the Super Bowl. So stick around for that. You might like it. You might not like it. I don't have the Raiders winning the Super Bowl. So hopefully you come back and hear who I have and how this plays out. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by Resorts World, home of my Monday night party at Doghouse Saloon, right off the parking lot where parking's free at Resorts World. I understand the criticism. We felt like we could get the run. We felt like um, the personnel grouping that they had out there, they weren't in a goal line defense. We felt like we had a plenty good enough, you know, play call for that. And um, they took away the the advantage look. And um, it just didn't go down for us tonight. That was Brandon Staley last year when they went for it on fourth and forever and didn't get it. I think he's to blame. I don't think he'll be making decisions like that again. You just heard Steph McKenzie Bring us back with Botanist Gin, brought to you by our friends at Remy Martin. Steph will join us tomorrow in the 1 o'clock hour as she gets ready for Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and the concert, Joan Jett, Poison of Vegas is going to be on fire this weekend. That's the last stop on that world tour of that concert that went everywhere. So that's a big weekend here in Vegas. We will be broadcasting live the pregame show from M Resort. Spawn Casino, Eric Allen and myself will be out there. I believe before 11 a.m., and we'll take you right up to the pregame. I'll have the postgame at M Resort right after that. So hopefully you can come out when the Raiders are on the road and see us at M. All right, it's time for my preseason into now regular season predictions and my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to start quickly in the NFC where I have had a lot of trouble with the NFC. The NFC, to me, is not the AFC. They're top-heavy. I have the Dallas Cowboys who were 12 and 5 last year. 12 and 5, 7 and 2 on the road last year. But they have problems at left tackle already, some injuries. They lost Amari Cooper. It's a two-horse race between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Eagles were 9 and 8 last year. Remember they came to Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders put up 30 unanswered. But I like the improvement of the Eagles. I'd like to pick the Eagles over the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys roster and quarterback is clearly better. Jalen Hurts is a great leader. He's not Dak Prescott. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys at 11-6 and to win the NFC East. And the Eagles, the Eagles make the playoffs as one of my wild cards. 
We moved to the north where the Packers went 13-4 and last year. I picked them to play in the Super Bowl. They didn't win a home playoff game. They got beat by Jimmy G and the 49ers coming off their bye week. Minnesota seems to be a popular pick from popular people, not from me. I think one team comes out of that division as the Bears and the Lions are still a long way away. I have the Packers going 12-5 and because they don't have Devontae Adams. And they're not going to be better than they were with Devontae Adams. But I have the Packers making the playoffs at 12-5. and They advance. NFC South gets interesting. Tom Brady back with the Buccaneers. They went 13-4 and last year. That was 7-1 and at home. And they had a 158 win differential with points. They, were, they just destroyed teams. They don't look right to me in the preseason. The retirements and injuries on the offensive line. Brady missed 10 to 11 days. Something's not right with him. I love the Saints. The Raiders play the Saints this year. The Saints are one of my dark horse teams. I love their defense. That defense has dominated the Buccaneers since Brady's come there. And Brady's won a Super Bowl. So I'm going to give Brady the opportunity to win that division again with one less game. 12-5 and five for Tampa Bay. I have New Orleans going from 9-8 and eight to 10 and seven. I got two teams coming out of the NFC South. And in the NFC West, quickly, uh, R- Super Bowl champs are the Rams at 12 and five. They didn't get better. They didn't get worse. They're still dominant. You know, the Rams were seven and two on the road last year. Arizona was 11 and six, and the Niners are 10 and seven. I'm one of many who believe that the Niners have one of the best rosters in football, period. And the Niners brought Jimmy Garoppolo back as a backup. What an insurance policy that is. I have the Cardinals missing the playoffs completely. I have the Rams winning the division roughly 12-5. and five, And I give the Niners an extra win as the Niners go to 11-6 and six, and the Niners get a wild card. Now remember, they're, they're, it could be really tough for the Niners if they have to bench Trey Lance. They might bench him if he takes them out of the playoff contention and Jimmy Garoppolo could take that team over. Quickly, I move to the AFC. My Super Bowl pick last year was Buffalo. 11-6, and six and they couldn't shake the Patriots. Patriots were on their ass all year long. Patriots beat them in Buffalo. The reason why Buffalo didn't win the Super Bowl is they had to play in Kansas City in the playoffs instead of at home. And Buffalo fell apart with 13 seconds in this game. I think Buffalo is loaded, and I think Buffalo is going to take care of the regular season so they don't have to play on the road and they get a bye week. I like the Bills better than by two games this year. They go from 11-6 and six to 13 and four, I have Buffalo running away with the AFC East, and I don't have the Patriots, Dolphins, or Jets with the wild card. I move to the AFC North, where this is the only team that I have going from worst to first. Baltimore Ravens last year opened in Vegas. Everybody was hurt. Raiders caught a big break because everybody was hurt on the Ravens, and the Raiders won that game fair and square in overtime. I think the Ravens go from 8-9 and nine to 11 wins, the Ravens win the North. I have the Bengals with the same record, 10-7, and 7, securing a wild card. I'm not drinking the Bengals Kool-Aid. I do not have them going back to the Super Bowl, but I have them in there as a wild card. In the South, my boldest prediction, two-time division champ, Tennessee Titans, go from 12-5, 12-5 to out of the playoffs. I think this is the year where the Colts kind of get it together with Matt Ryan. They got the best running back in football, a huge offensive line, and linebackers who can cover and go sideline to sideline. They'll feast on the Texans and the Jaguars in the division. I have the Colts winning the division, the Titans missing the playoffs. The Colts get 11 wins, and they're the only team coming out of the South. Then the AFC West. Wow. What to say here? 
Kansas City 12 and 5 until someone beats them. They were 5 and 1 in the division. I'm going to stick with Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to be a 11 win team. I think they'll drop a game, but I have Kansas City winning the West. Then it comes down to the Raiders and Chargers. And I had them pretty much the same. I went position by position, game by game, schedule, and all of it. Raiders last year, I predicted, would win nine games. They won 10. This year, I'm predicting the Raiders to win 10, not 12 or 13. I can't do it with the schedule. But I have the Raiders and the Chargers, both with 10 and 7 records, one of the teams winning the wild card head to head, whoever it is. I have Kansas City winning the division. I have the Raiders and the Chargers in as wild cards. So to review, in the AFC, Buffalo, the Colts, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, my wild cards are the Chargers, Raiders, and Bengals. In the NFC, I have the Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, and Rams. My wild cards are Philly, the 49ers, and the New Orleans Saints. In the Super Bowl, I have the Buffalo Bills over the Los Angeles Rams. I didn't go that heavy out on a limb because I think these teams are top heavy and they're, not much, they're that much better. I have the Buffalo Bills again. I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year. I'll pick them to do it again. It's my last time doing it. I'm all in on Buffalo. I think they have the best defense, the best roster, the MVP, most likely a quarterback in Josh Allen. And if the Rams get there, it's going to be tough for the Rams to lose, but I think the firepower of Buffalo will be a little bit better. Those are my preseason picks and my Super Bowl pick. Let's get your reaction at 702-365-9200. Kind of got to put the Raiders in the playoffs when you're on their flagship. I mean, you got to do it. I just, until you beat Kansas City, until the Raiders can prove that they can turn the tide against Kansas City, I think Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC West. Many think it's the Chargers. Raiders got their work cut out. Vinny Bonsignor, Raiders insider, coming up next.